Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, April 15th, 2016. This episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They're an easy way to deploy your application no matter the language or framework that you're using. They are great for deploying JavaScript applications using technologies such as Node.js, Meteor.js, Feathers.js, and many other frameworks. They recently updated their build process for Meteor to include uploading the code to a build server. They use a Docker component to create the build and output a consistent application that gets sent to the servos making it more reliable and easier for you to deploy your Meteor application. Check them out, modulus.io. DigitalOcean is the best place to get your Meteor application off the ground quickly and the easiest to scale when you find success. I host crater.io there, so I understand DigitalOcean. Start with a pre-configured one-click launch, such as Node.js, to get it up and running in 55 seconds or build the exact infrastructure you need with root access to servers running 100% SSD and state-of-the-art data centers around the world. DigitalOcean is the fastest-growing cloud infrastructure provider because it's built for developers and laser-focused on its mission to create simple and elegant solutions for developers and teams. Use the promo code CRATER10 on the billing page when you sign up for $10 to get started. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my co-host. Ben Strahan. Hello, everybody. Ooh, coming a little hot on the mic there, man. Ben Strahan. <laughs> Weirdo whisperer. <laughs> the story whisperer. This is episode 99. I got 99 problems. And Ben is quitting. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no but this is this is like your last official show this is the last official show yeah. we have something special planned for next week which we you do yeah alluded to on the rye show yeah right rye says he should be able to make it i haven't talked to abby yet but uh it sounds like we might have four i i'm almost wondering if we should just do like a round table rather than talking about news i don't know might be fun yeah, we have four of us. Yeah. We're, we're all very opinionated. Yeah. I really liked Rise Insights yesterday or last week on the show because everything was was focused around the problem that he's solving right now, which is startup. Mm-hmm. And that was a really interesting perspective that I liked hearing. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, moving forward, the creator show is so great. One, because of you, Josh. And two, it's, it's great because of these revolving co-hosts, mm. different perspectives, I think it it adds to the the longevity of the creator podcast. Uh, I think uh, I'm really excited what's going to be coming with Abby. Yeah. So you sound so sad. I'm a little sad. I, <laughs> I love you, man. Talking to Ben every week. I mean, we're still going to talk. You're still going to do the Space Dojo show. So yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, seriously. I think right, right. Yeah, I'm there, man. Put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm there. You know what? I love what we're doing with the Space Dojo show too because it's a lot of fun. I got an email the other day and someone's like, I love the new direction you're taking that really? podcast. Yeah. Like yeah, forward me this stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to send it to you. It was, it was, it was other stuff like I know I pay you money for your training, but oh I'll send you the snippet about the loving the podcast. So. It's gonna be like Clinton's emails where like they have to black out half of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Redacted. Sorry, Ben. Uh, for those <laughs> of you who don't know what the Space Dojo show is, like, go ahead and search that in iTunes and like, get hooked up with it. Yeah. Have, what what have, rock are you living under? I know. Like, <laughs> it's great because we ta- we go in depth. We go out and like take advantage of our connections in in the world, in the development world, and like get the driving forces behind some of these the most popular packages on our, the show with us, and we start hammering them with questions. So. Yeah, like I, I loved, we talked to the Feathers team, we talked to the Elm, uh, mm-hmm. someone that, that's working with Elm full-time, so there's been like a lot of cool stuff. Phoenix? Honestly, like, mm-hmm. so I was looking at uh, this F8 studio thing that they've been putting out from Facebook. Lee Byron sat down with uh, Christopher 
Chadio, I, I think Chadio. I want that last name. Chadio. Uh, the the React Native uh, View JX or whatever he goes by. One of them's the co-creator of GraphQL. Like I want to have a show on that. You know, like that's yes. hell of a fun. So it's very relevant for the future. I have to keep this clean. I found out my son like randomly watches these. By the way, <laughs> on YouTube. Oh, geez. Yeah, awkward. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh, for uh, teaching your child new language. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's do this. <laughs> this week we're talking about importing styles from Node modules. What? Saying hello to React CDK. CDK. CDK, not an SDK. CDK. It's so CD. Uh, and then we're going to talk about what's next for feathers. Got some, some friends over there. They mentioned us in that post, so it's fun. And the meteor roadmap. Ooh. Save a little time for that guy. <laughs> not, not because it's long, but, but because I think uh, it's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have fun with that one, right? Yes. Yes, we will. Great. My wrist keeps buzzing like crazy because the Feathers AMA is going on right now. So if you're living under a rock again, uh, you didn't notice there's an AMA on Crater right now at the top. And the uh, Feathers JS team is doing an Ask Me Anything. So by the time you hear this, you missed it. But you can go read all the answers. <laughs> I like that team. Yes. They are awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, Meteor, I guess you could almost say this is like us talking about 1.3.2. Pretty much. Uh, which I think is still in release candidate. Is that true? Yeah. It hasn't been released yet. Yeah. So it's still in RC, which is interesting, right? So the, the article we linked to is from Floyd Price. Uh, he's been doing a pretty awesome job of putting some content out lately. Uh, really appreciate that. And He's just showing off how imports will work now. And if you're not familiar with it, since we moved to uh, 1.3, we get full access to NPM now. We can just say NPM install dash dash save and put in any anything we want into our Meteor app. And then we can just start importing things. Uh, but the problem is, you know, we have a bunch Styles. of... Styles is the problem. Bunch of wrapper packages on Atmosphere for like bootstrap and stuff. Yeah. And... There's no reason for that, right? Like Bootstrap is already publishing itself to NPM. So we should just be able to import that. Uh, but with 1.3, there was a decision made that uh, it might increase build time. And therefore, they weren't really targeting the ability for you to mention and import less or SAS or CSS files directly from an NPM package. And so that would require them to scan that package and make those available to the build tool. And that's where they're worried about the increased uh, performance cost or decreased performance. Cost. Yeah. And just doing it right. So like yeah. the pre-processing of styles has always been kind of like a sore subject with the Meteor build tool. Mm -hmm. And and slowly. It a couple it, times. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is pretty elegant from the perspective of the developer to integrate node modules, uh, similar to how you're going to be like tapping into styles and files inside of packages if you want to import them. So I think like this is wonderful. Yeah. And I hope that it like puts it to bed. I'm going to obviously when 1.3 comes out, all my apps are going to be upgraded to that. And I just hope that there's no bugs in this. <laughs> it's been, it was so annoying in the past when you're uh, when you come across a pre-processing bug, and you're like, "This is this is so elementary," and now this is holding me up. Yeah, uh, and it's gonna like take a half a day for me to bug this. Like I, I was furious on those days. Yeah, yeah, I I, I had one of those days, right? I think we Did you? Yeah. earlier on the show. It was like I tried out 1.3s, brand new, like using a, a beta version, and the designer's like, well, let's, let's import foundation and uh, we can use that. And like, you know, one of the great things about using bootstrap or foundation is that you can use the kind of like the less to override some of the core styles, right? Like exactly when you go to uh, space dojo, we have purple buttons, like 
purple buttons are a thing for us on that style. So mm-hmm. like we want to be able to set that as the default. And then anytime we just say this is going to be a default button, it should be purple. Yeah. Um, and like you could not do that. You had to copy over CSS files or copy over the less files. And it's like, that's pretty bad for it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just like nails on a chalkboard. So I'm hoping that this gets, Pulled off without a hitch. It looks elegant. I'm really excited to start using it. If you guys are having any problems with it, like hit us up in the chat on YouTube. Let us know what's going on. And yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll hold the torch for you. You know, the, the interesting thing is that they're, they're trying this new release cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, they only did release candidates for like, you know, 1.3 would get release candidates. And then like they would eventually just come out with 1.3.1 and they would be much, much smaller and then everything else would wait until like 1.4 was coming out and get piled in there. But now they're trying, like we've got, we've already gotten 1.3.1. Now they're working on 1.3.2. Kind of interesting to watch. Um, but I also feel like maybe not as much attention is being paid to the release candidates because I upgraded to 1.3.1 and it totally broke my application. Oh, and, what happened? I I couldn't deploy it and uh, I couldn't figure out why. And it turns out like there's some weird binary, like NPM binary issues that were causing problems. uh, And you could blow away your node modules and then like redeploy correctly. And that would fix some of it. And there was another um, bug. I don't remember what it was now. I hit it like earlier this week, but there was something for one, three, one as well for me when I upgraded. Something was failing in the build. That wasn't with one three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, you know, I appreciate what they're doing, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It, 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 it feels less stable to me. Like 1.3 in general feels like it has more rough edges than any other previous media release. And granted it was a lot but, of changes. Yes. Yeah. So it's understandable. They are very ambitious with one three. Yeah. We I should probably hold off on this for our last topic. Cause now we're getting okay. into it. Okay. <laughs> We're so passionate. I'm really excited to get yeah. into the last one with you. All right. All back. All back. Yes. All right. Let's talk about this CDK, man. What is a CDK? Dude, dude another Aeronota bot. Gosh, this guy's just kicking it out. So Aeronota loves React. We were talking about Storybook a couple weeks back, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. And then what's MDG's? Package, Chrome something. Chromatic. Chromatic. That's what yeah. it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh my gosh, Aaron Noda is like right there, like like with MDG as always, like Aaron Noda is usually one step ahead of everyone. So anyway, this is really neat. Uh, he released React CDK uh, and pretty much what it is, it's a Yeoman generator uh, for React components. And it also like bundles in some of his helpful stuff, like uh, getting going with testing and getting Storybook going. And I'm looking forward to using this. I, I plan on using this next week on a project that I'm using uh, that I'm converting from Blaze to React. So I'm going to totally go this route and, yeah. and love it. The interesting thing to me, like I was teaching a class this week on Meteor 1.3 again, and React. And I I actually think I may incorporate Storybook into the start of the class because we have pre-compiled like static HTML that the designer created. And uh, it's been kind of massaged into generic. We have like three React components that we just import and it's static, but I think it might be easier to show people like, here's what we have out of the box. Like, and then as we're prototyping things, it might be fun to build the components directly with storybook and then like bring them into the app piece by piece. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. The chromatic package looked really interesting too. And I have to like give a public thank you. Did you watch their talk? I did not. When they were talking about react components, they, they threw a component up and they, they uh, used a tweet as a component, as a visual reference of a component. Uh-huh. And it was one of my tweets. Oh, nice. So thank you very much, guys. <laughs> that, that was pretty awesome. So now I have to u- try it next week along with Storybook and see what I like. So I'll report back. 
Well, I think storybooks going to have a longer life. I do too. Yeah. So that is the very first, that that's like one X for chromatic, but it looks pretty sharp. So I, I think I want to try them both just so like I have a working understand, like an understanding uh, viewpoint on what they're both trying to achieve and how they're achieving it. Cause I want an opinion. I want to form a technical opinion on the two. Yeah. So, but this uh, CDK component developer kit, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's a small thing. Yeoman. <laughs> I don't know. I used to use Yeoman a lot. I haven't used it for like a year and a half. So now it's going to be getting back into my workflow probably. So yeah, it's really interesting. It feels like, uh, Aeronauta is doubling down on storybook and like delivering awesome tools to the react communities. What is this? One of the bullet points he has deploying your storybook to GitHub pages. It looks like there's some integration flow for like deploying components to NPM and getting them up on GitHub pages, which has been a question of mine as well. Mm-hmm. Like, could I just build a React app and deploy it to GitHub pages? I think I well, could. well, so Storybook, like you're, you're mocking it out mm-hmm. for data. So it's not like you can connect it to a data source. Yeah, but, you know, I bet we could build a REST API or something and consume that easily or, you know, what if, if it's just a static site, but you want some reactivity going on, you could use React, right? Mm-hmm. This is so funny because this conversation comes up every once in a while with like senior media developers. And so I've had it come up before mm-hmm. where it's like, is there a simpler way to get what I want? Like, like it's just a static page. You know, how can I, and, and it's all based around GitHub pages. How can I like utilize that and then start getting everything that I'm used to in a, in a web app? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the weird part, right? Like you look at uh, Meteor itself and you realize like the connect app underneath is really just delivering some HTML, JSS and CSS, right? Or CSS. And like that stuff can be parked anywhere. That HTML can live anywhere on the web. It's just static. Same thing. Like the JS is compiled. The CSS is compiled. That can live anywhere. Like it's recommended that that be pushed off to CDN anyway. So really you just need like a WebSocket server almost. You could really like pull apart a Meteor app into these two pieces and really say like almost uh, if you had a hosting set up like um, Firebase or something like, you know. That's- and this is where I think it gets really interesting when Apollo fully comes out and like the hacks that, that we're going to be able to build on top of that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Like independent of Meteor. Like just a po- like hack it just with Apollo. Mm, yeah. And some database. So. But you can you know, you'll probably be able to host it with Galaxy, I'm sure. <laughs> I am 200% sure that you'd be able to do that. Yes. <laughs> All right. So speaking of other things than Meteor, um, one of the things that got released this week was a roadmap, essentially, for what's coming from Feathers. And in the post, one of the things that they feel like they're having trouble with is the fact that everything is kind of like able to independently change and upgrade. And so they're trying to create these uh, almost like a release track. And they're calling this one Auk, which is a, a type of uh, bird. And uh, they're just kind of describing a lot of the overarching goals that they have for this release. And so the post is, is pretty much about uh, all their goals that they're, they're aiming for. And they talked about, you know, the, the, the first big one is authentication. Uh, they're trying to, you know, like there's, there's no OAuth 1 support right now. Uh, and again, I don't even know how much that matters. Like outside of Twitter, everyone else is on OAuth 2. Yeah. Um, you know, they want to have multi-factor authentication, which I think would be amazing. Um, I know there's a, a package in Meteor Land to do that kind of thing uh, with Twilio, I think. But password management, password list authentication, so you don't need a password. Uh, probably similar to like Slack's magic links or whatever. Mm. And so that's like, that's one big piece. They want to kind of overhaul and 
polish up some of their service adapters that they have. So uh, they have adapter service adapters for like sending push notifications to Apple and Google, sending SMS messages to Twilio. So that stuff looks pretty interesting as well. Uh, and they have Realm support. Didn't we talk about that? Isn't that a Realm DB? Yeah, that's funny. I just clicked on it and it's just a, it's just a readme there. So <laughs> it looks like they don't even have that thing yet. That that stuff looks interesting to me. And then, you know, they, they really want to um, nail down their React Native and Android and iOS stuff even further, like how it works with REST or WebSockets or like the JWT authentication, like making all that stuff kind of easier mm-hmm. to build these applications. So I don't know. It's really, really interesting. I think I, I love that they're talking about this stuff too. You know, they want to get a bunch of documentation up and they want to get like really deep dive with their command line interface tool that they have now that just came out. Um, this has become pretty ambitious. It is. It is. I, I, re, I remember our conversation with them and, and they were when the issue of like scalability, like developer scalability and maintaining uh, all these libraries came up. They came back with the argument that's saying like, well, we're leveraging express our footprints pretty light, you know? So I'm wondering like when they're going to, hit that apex where, you know, they're building, building, building. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, like maintenance takes well, a hit. You know, you know, here's the thing for me. And I, I'm looking at, um, I'm, I'm looking at other teams and how they're doing it. Right. You look at Ember or you look at react and how they're moving at a good clip. And I think that there is, only so much concern for backwards compatibility. So rather than like, we're going to support all these features that we used to have there at some point they decide that didn't work. We're going to deprecate it. We're going to start throwing some warnings. So in, you know, the next release, you're going to start getting the warnings. The release after that is gone. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's good. I, I, th- I think that's smart. I think that allows you to stay nimble and be quick. Uh, you know what I find interesting though, is that, you know, we had a conversation with them afterwards about some of the GraphQL stuff and that's not mentioned in here. So I wonder what that's about. Mm. I really like them. I have a lot of faith in that team. It's a project. Uh, they seem to be hitting everything pretty quickly once it comes up. Yeah. uh, as like a concern. So it's something to watch out for. And this roadmap sounds great. I think they're well connected to their community too. You know, like they, and it derives from that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've been paying attention to that thing for the last couple of weeks and they're, they're really like, they're there to help. They're there to like get people up and running. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And I I love this post, you know, it was great. I really appreciate all the effort that they're putting in. Yeah. And you got to remember like, Oh my God, this is like a real open source project. Like it's not backed or sponsored by a large organization. They're, they don't have any like uh, business plan to like break out and be its own company. Yeah. Like, that actually, uh, it, it did come up after they put this post out. Someone was like, well, you know, you guys like, are you going to do something around hosting? And they're like, no, like we just want to like, we'll just get some documents together and, you know, maybe, maybe down the road, it might make sense for us to build a hosting service. But right now, like we just want to focus on making feathers the best. They're like, they're like the Bernie Sanders (laughs) real time uh, world right now. Yeah. because Everybody else is funded, right? Yeah. Rethink DB just released horizon IO. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Time for a revolution. Time for a real time revolution. <laughs> Do you feel the feather? I don't know. That doesn't. <laughs> That's creepy, man. Do you feel the flap? I don't know. That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Your son's listening to this. <laughs> All right. All right. So talking about let's road... talk about the other roadmap, right? The other roadmaps. This is yours. You can, you start <laughs> <laughs> the meteor roadmap. So. This is the Hillary Clinton of the group. 
lot, a lot, a lot of history here, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's some backing going on here. I love Meteor. I love Meteor. Uh, Hillary Clinton's not that bad either. Uh, anyway, I had to do that. Okay, so Zoltan put together a roadmap for Meteor. Uh, is this so one re- redacted then? Are there pieces we can't read? Uh, is there? I don't know. I'm just kidding. See. I'm like clicking up here. I want to see how many commits. Well, we, we likened it to Hillary. I wondered if it was like. Oh, funny. Funny. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I can't read some of these. It's all blacked out. Okay. <laughs> um, the thing we're most excited about is black bar. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, and it's interesting that you said that. So um, is there like a lot of exciting things in, in this markdown file? And there really isn't, I would say. The MongoDB update is expected. Like, okay, we knew that this was going to come it's, out. It's been expected for a while, right? Like, they, they yep. did a round of updates not too long ago. Node 4, right? You know yeah. what's interesting yeah. is they, they changed the format. Did you see the early version of this? No, I'm going to... Look I, at the history. history. Okay. So, one of the first they, one. Had, they actually had headings for when these would be targeted. And they expect 1.3.x, the Mongo driver will be updated. In uh, 1.4, they're expecting to update Node. Oh. Yes. Oh, I see it. Okay. I see it here. Uh, full transition to NPM was going to be 1.4. Yeah. yeah. Which, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I started to take issue because I don't feel like upgrading Node <laughs> under the covers feels like a 1.3.x kind of release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get like maybe updating your Mongo driver, like that maybe makes sense, but node feels pretty core. Yeah. Well, are they going to get rid of fibers? You think? Right. And if you get rid of that's fibers, what's making you think. like that's a breaking change. You don't have to. Yeah. So apparently there's already been enough investigation work done that you don't have to get rid of fibers to upgrade. It still works fine on node four and node five from what I hear. Okay. Interesting. Well, that makes me think that there's like more to this then. So like the 1.4 release, I'm curious what that's going to be. What's going to be coming in that? Well, you know, so, so my, my ding here is like, I, I feel like we're not following Simvar at all. And I feel like <laughs> we're, we're almost afraid to deprecate things, right? We look at the, the imports folder that we got in 1.3. Yeah. Rather than like making the full commitment to, to node and NPM and the package yes. and all that kind of stuff. Like, yes. We're, we're really just trying to incrementally upgrade and we, yeah. we still have no idea. Like I, I'm teaching a class and people are like, well, I don't have to import. Why should I use imports? And it's like <laughs> probably because at some point auto loading files in the main app might go away. But yeah. there's been uh, zero it comes right back And it's like, well, why don't they just take it away? You know, if you're doing all this work to upgrade to one three. Yeah, it feels weird to really shove my whole app into the imports folder. <laughs> I'll be yeah. honest. I think they I think it's also tied to like some marketing because they want to have 2.0 have a big push, big marketing push for it and release something huge. Uh 1.3 was big to like the senior developers and and the hobbyists. But was it like big enough for like... No, I, I would disagree with you. I would disagree with you wholly, right? One of the things they get dinged on the most is their like division, their decide to move away the packaging system away from NPM and Node. And now like we're healing that division and coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, that would have that would have been a super compelling story to come out with a 2.0. Okay, I totally agree with that. Now that you framed it that way. I'm, I'm good at marketing. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are good. Um, I think, though, that they like want some personal marketing. So I think Apollo is going to be 2.0. Probably, uh, yeah. not going to see any 2.0 or even talk about it until Apollo's hammered down, and then they're going to be – and then well, they're working well, on the – Apollo node, right? Like make that be 3.0. Yeah. Yes. That's not going to happen. I mean, we have yeah, React version yeah. 15 now, right? <laughs> <laughs> we 
which which means you can't ding MDG for not following Semver. <laughs> to me, Semver like a 1.0 says it's you know you're you're stable for production, and they felt that way. Like they, they I totally agree. They were following the Jim Wyrick model, right? Like <laughs> Rick was out for ten years, and he was on like. <laughs> zero dot whatever and then he would as far as i know he was the first one to do this like he bumped it from like 0.9 to like version 10 and he's like i just i wasn't really following the way semvar should have been and that's how it's typically done in like apps where like uh the developer knows all the weaknesses and the roadmap of what they want to accomplish and they're so hesitant to put that 1.0 uh version on their stuff oh, yeah, totally. yeah and it's like once someone brings up the conversation like, oh, this is right for 1.0, all of a sudden it's like all hands on deck meeting, you know, like seriously. Uh, and it's just like... Well, it. you know, it, it's interesting too, right? Because I think uh, if you look at like Tim and what he's doing with the, um, it's a terrible name, STD accounts UI. <laughs> um, I think it's supposed to be short for standard, but... Yes, I think it's that too. Um, That's yeah. how I read it. He, now, he just started that thing off at 1.0, right? Like... It works. It's there. The UI is functional. Like he probably spent some amount of time, but by the time you put it out in the world, like that's something that you're willing to share and support. So, and I kind of share that opinion. If well, the moment that you make it public, it should be 1.0. Right. And uh, then from there, you keep in all its glory. Yeah. And then you just like start iterating. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So, uh, let's read through the list because I think like you and I are going to dive into it. So full transition to NPM, right? Knew that was coming, uh, testing updates. So a lot of people were saying, Hey, we want better support for continuous integration. So we're getting that, uh, community contribution, project governance. We broke that story on transmission. So we knew that was coming. Uh, and then data Apollo pretty much. Uh, right. and then, the view layer, which they kind of... <laughs> <laughs> view layer feels like a I, big old plug. I love this because there was this whole conversation where it's like, what's happening with Blaze? There was a recent revival, just like in the last two days, a recent revival of Blaze on the Meteor forums. And like everyone's like, oh, we want to maintain it. We want to maintain it. And they're like, breakout tracker to its own NPM package. And then boom, we're off to the races, you know? And so all of a sudden everyone's like gathering around blaze. It's a topic that we're talking about in the okay, grow slack. And this is how I feel. Same as Zoltan blaze. We're, we're going to make a fe- essential fixes to blaze, but most likely we'll be adding new features <laughs> ourselves, which is like totally right. Like, so I'm glad that blaze is like getting some community behind it. Um, but that that's pretty much it. Like it's going 100% community, just the same as media is going 100% NPM, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Right. I feel like this is just, this has been a lot of like backpedaling and missteps, at least on the view layer. <laughs> I, I hope that we can build a good team around yeah. it, around yeah. Blake. But at this point, like I've already just decided that it's it's dead to me. You know, like, that's my opinion. A lot of work to get to where React is, and I just don't I don't see a small subset of the meteor community driving that to where it needs to be. No, no. I mean, it's gonna be a small niche fan base. Cool. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I am not going to, with everything else that's happening that as a developer, I need to get caught up on to speed with and everything. I want to be more mainstream. I have to have stuff that has a lot of documentation around it. Mm-hmm. Issues, issues are talked about. There's uh, stack overflow solutions, whatnot. If I get into like these, these little niche libraries where there's less content out there in the world, uh, do I want to, dive into that, you know, and the view layer is a huge part of your app. This reminds me a lot of like testing and in, in the Ruby world in rails, like for the longest time, uh, our spec was King just because there was a lot of people that were, they were talking about it. They were using it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think stack overflow existed back then, but um, <laughs> you know, there were blog posts about it. There was a book and that stuff was, it was all kind of a difference maker. And yeah. 
kind of, you know, because there was such large community support, you could figure things out. Yeah, I don't know. Like when it comes to the view layer, I, I, I can absolutely see a performance difference between Crater as it exists now for most people and the Nova branch that I've been testing out against the same production database on a smaller server. It's like lightning fast, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And I'm not talking about like, you know, I've got 100 users on one server and two on another. We loaded it up the other day and had like 30 people on there and it still felt on a smaller box much, much faster. And like doing upvotes and pulling up comments, like ridiculous difference. I thought the issue like wouldn't have been with the view layer though with that. Like I thought it was like a method, backend, database kind of issue. It's It's all still there. He's still utilizing it. But when you click an upvote button on the front end, like that should be asynchronous. Like the methods running in the back end have nothing to do with that. And the fact that like your browser is chugging on something, that's all like view layer stuff. Interesting. So, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I feel the same as you. Like okay, Blaze, this whole thing is like no news to me, pretty much. Well, but. Well, no, no, no. Here's your news, right? What was missing from this? Because we, we, we essentially got a similar post from Jeff back in December, right? Yes. And yeah. uh, let me see. I kind of want to find it now just to look at it. But um, And why did he commit this like as a file? Like there's no conversation around this. You know, it'd been better. Yeah, if it was they, won't, they won't accept pull requests on this, they said. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. But I, I suppose you could open an issue and have discussion there. So, or they should have like su- submitted like a link to a forum post and like have the con- the discussion carry on over there. But what, oh, here we go. Here we go. So, Meteor. Here's a post from Jeff. So this was posted in February. February, right? February nineteenth. So we're about two months out from this post, and it talked about Meteor one point three, and talked about. Like once 1.3 is out, we're going to start publishing Meteor Core through NPM. So hopefully we'll see that with 1.4. Again, I think that's a pretty fundamental change as well. I I don't know that that feels like a 1.4 to me, but who knows. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a new build tool, right? That's what we were promised. We were promised faster rebuilds and uh, code splitting and all kinds of stuff along these lines. And that is sorely lacking from the roadmap. And I will just say like being in the feathers, uh, there's a meteor chat room in feathers. A lot of what people are complaining about are bad build times and reload times. No SSR support uh, in core, really bad first initial load time for bigger apps that have a lot of complexity. So we're talking about code splitting and just a ton of stuff. Like this guy had this like 15 bullet point list of reasons why he's frustrated with Meteor. And it's like, I, I look at this list and aside from like there's the MongoDB component maybe being addressed by Apollo, I don't see a whole lot else being addressed in that list. Hmm. That's tough, man. It is. I it love is. Meteor. I, I still love it. I think 1.3 made me fall in love with it even more. It, and, yeah. You know, here's here's my prediction. Like, all I see when I look at this roadmap or I look at what Meteor is doing between now and, say, the end of the year is, like, to me, it just seems like there's going to be a lot of pain, you know? like Really? Yeah, we're going to be moving to NPM, which means that package just, like, at, the, the not atmosphere, but the Meteor package system goes away, right? Most people confuse yes. atmosphere as a package. It's going to stick. Yeah. But, you know, th- there's pain involved there, right? Like our account yeah. system is all tied into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also know that they're doing a large refactor on the account system. Hopefully that's done well. But given the maybe slight degradation in quality coming out with the, the 1.3 release, like, again, there was a lot there. I feel like we had more problems than we've had with other releases. Like, I just, I worry about what's going to come. And we're not, you know, again, they're trying to figure out how to do all this without deprecations. Like, let's get some deprecations in there and start to understand where these pain points are going to be. I think right now, uh, until 2.0, they're they're running with, uh, like, optimizing the stuff that they already have. And so, like, this roadmap kind of does that. So, like, 
we're like 80% there in a lot of areas, you know, like NPM integration, like, okay, we're there. But now there's still a sharp edge where we got atmosphere and like, what's the story with that? Okay, we're going to round that out, you know, and blaze, we're going to round that out, you know, um, and then we're going to get going with MongoDB, Node 4, like, like this, they're cleaning up all those messes. And with NPM, like everything's opened up for you now. So come 2.0, we're going to have, they're going to have like a solid platform. People are going to be happy if people stay at 1.0, they're going to have a really solid product. I think, I think that's what they're looking at at a business standpoint. And 2.0 is going to probably be like a pretty intense rewrite, you know, with Apollo integration, Meteor is going to be, it's, almost, it's, it's going to be like half the person it was before. Right. <laughs> with, which, with which, is, which is also interesting, right? Because yeah. we're building real time pub sub setups now, and we're being told that Apollo is going to be the way of the future. But mm-hmm. I, what's that mean? Does that mean DDP is like going away then for sure? Cause then I don't want to write too many publications. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. So we got uh, Meteor Night coming up soon, and I think Sashko is going to be given. I think he wants to squeeze in like a lightning talk of like a of an example, a working example of Apollo. So, and they have they have their Apollo guide up now, which is looking pretty pretty hot. They have uh, two repos that are getting a lot of attention. They got their Apollo client that, that people can look into to see where they're at with that, and then they have their um, GraphQL tools, which is really nice. But that is the question. That is the wild card. That is the wild card. It's mm-hmm. almost like, yeah. But I, I like this. This is, I'm going to go back to like my business acumen. This is going to be rounding out 1.0 so that when they go to 2.0, they're leaving people uh, on, a, on a good foundation for 1.0. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to upgrade, or at least it's going to be really slow going some of the massive apps to get to 2.0. Right. Yeah. Maybe the problem I'm having here is that we're fundamentally changing how we build meteor apps. Like it was a big enough change that I'm getting fundamentally changing for two years. No, but it's not though. It's not right. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm on my third different router now. (laughs) I have three, I'm on a, I'm writing uh, my subscriptions in in a different way, which I changed six months ago, which I changed six months before that as well. Uh, yeah, it's not, not the same though to me. Like we're talking about like entire paradigm shifts. Like if you go look at the guides, it looks nothing like what I built a 1.0 app. Right. And mm-hmm. I get that that that's changed for sure. But like the imports and how they function and like how people should build apps now, it's like, completely different and for that change to be so drastic between 1.2 and 1.3 is a little a little shocking to me i guess yeah it should i, I, I think you i think that's right the problem i'm having here is it should yeah. have been the 2.0 and should have been 2.0 they should have partnered with the node community more made it like a major release mm-hmm. like a coming out party like hey and this we're not on our own anymore we're with you guys and and looking at this list i think it's a good list when you realize that the meteor team's smaller you know like that's the other thing you have to account for like sashko and is it jared that's pretty much it um they're they're off in apollo land and yeah. you know you've got zol and uh ben newman and tom coleman tom's doing a lot of documentation work tom is primarily documentation Right. So he's not on the media team, I don't think. He's on just the documentation side of things. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, that's that stuff's all interesting too. Like you have to account for that. If you go look at the commit logs, actually, it looks like it's mostly Ben mm-hmm. writing code <laughs> lately. I hope yeah. that they get someone else in there. This is like a short-term roadmap. It's definitely not the exhaustive roadmap that we had in the past in Trello. Well, I don't. I don't think you'll ever see an exhaustive or comprehensive roadmap because like, I, I think they catch nothing but flack now for yeah. doing the things that were on the long-term roadmap and yeah. change. Right. Like I was yeah. reading an article the other day about the Bengals and like Marvin Lewis wanted a succession plan for when he retires, keep Hugh Jackson around and make him be the head coach. Right. And um, Paul Brown, the owner of the Bengals wasn't willing to 
put that in writing mm-hmm. because uh, he didn't know what the heck would happen in, in the next two years. We give him flack for, for not having an exhaustive roadmap. And then they get, they get flack if they do put an exact exhaustive roadmap. Totally. Out. Totally. No, so it's like, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it's, it's just, it's very different, right? Like what, what they're building now is still trying to check some of the boxes that they had on their list, but it, it looks very different than what everyone thought it would look like two years ago. The import exports is an amazing feature. I it love is. it. I will it say so that. I, for me, a little I, annoying that you got the readability import. just went yeah. through the roof. Oh yeah. That is the huge thing right there. Mm-hmm. And, and the imports folder, that's ugly. That is stupid hack. It is, but you know, 2.0 is coming. They're going to certainly get rid of it by then. I hope they, so. They, they chose backwards compatibility rather than doing a 2.0 with 1.3. Okay. That's what it is. Our apps are better still that we got that weird folder. Okay. Like I could, I could move from, I can move forward with that. And, and that's the decision they made. Great. Do they have time to like fix that or say, or even look back and like contemplate on, on that decision? No, because they're working on amazing stuff right now. You know, well, and, and you, you know, know what's missing from this list. What's missing from this list is, is the 2.0 meteor stuff. Like that's still under wraps. So I could see why this short, this list is, is short and not so much, not so impressive because they're, they're finishing the 1.0. App. But you know, th- the thing is Apollo and Meteor are separate things. And I think you're right. They're going to tie a big launch of Apollo to their 2.0 release, but I feel like they shouldn't be tied together, right? Like they're independent projects. I'm pretty positive. Apollo is going to be released before Meteor 2.0. I'm like, well, I, it kind of has to be, unless you're going to have a lot of communication happening between the teams. There's going to be Apollo. There's going to be, that's going to go off release client. This is my prediction. I don't know guys. Uh, Apollo 1.0 or whatever, if they're going to do the same thing that meteor did <laughs> and, and then they're going to have official galaxy support and then meteor 2.0 is going to come, which is going to like nicely glue everything together right? They're not talking about anything that's going to be in 2.0 in this uh, roadmap right here. That's what I'm excited about. I'm really hoping that they got some amazing build tool. I really hope that they clean up some of the messier parts that they have because of backwards compatibility. We don't know. Yeah. And, and I won't be around to report on that. Oh, Abby, I'm holding you accountable, man. You know, yeah, I think it'll be interesting too to get Abby's perspective in the future because uh like they're like as a business they're they're building actual mm-hmm. tools that are dependent on this, right? Like you and I, we, we're like guns for hire. We come in, we build something for someone and then we move on. And the next time we build something, like we're just building it with the latest and greatest version that Meteor is giving us. But That's a really like, good point. Abby's the one feeling the pain or yeah. not feeling the pain when it comes to this yeah. stuff because He's got limited engineering resources. And, the, and they now have all these changes after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man, that could be like a kick in the balls every time like a release comes <laughs> out. <laughs> Fun stuff, especially WorkPop. They got a lot of custom stuff built in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Good show. I'm exhausted. Good show. <laughs> time for lunch. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't had anything to eat. Ooh. Got my, got my eyes dilated for... Look at my eyes. <laughs> Look into my... I know. Um, I have to have glasses now. Uh, sad, really? Sad day, yeah. Oh, man. Reading glasses, not too bad. But. Oh. It has connotations, Sonny. Everybody gets old, man. Everybody gets old. At the restaurant. Reading the menu. Oh, hold exactly. On. Hold on. I'm playing my trumpet. Yes. Yes. Oh, I left my glasses at home. Yeah. Honey, do you have yours? You put on the pink ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, she like she's got 20-20 vision. She was able to do LASIK to correct her problems. Oh, like, cool. She's perfect. I don't, I don't, uh, I won't have anyone's glasses to even borrow. <laughs> uh, apparently like a problem with the, this eye like doesn't focus as fast as this eye. So it causes like, blurriness problems wow so reading glasses will apparently help with that 
It has been a phenomenal time together with you. Josh, I want to say thank you. Yes, yes. Everyone should tweet to Ben and say thank you for spending so much time on this show. It has been pretty awesome. It has been great memories. This past year has been my most exciting year of my whole life. Nice. So, And this is a big part of it is, is your mentorship and all the effort that you've put in and brought me in on the loop. So thank you, man. Yeah, it's been, I think it's been just about a year since we started doing the Space Dojo show. I was looking the other day. So that's well, how weird. long has it been? Yeah, about a year, year, I think. Yeah. 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 Pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I can't say till next time. Yeah. So I don't know well, how to wrap I mean, you'll be on next week. But oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get that show one. 100. Yep. I think we all should get like birthday cakes or something like that. Birthday cakes. Birthday oh, beers. <laughs> birthday beers. Yes. <laughs> Be awesome. down. All right, man. Well, it, yes, as always, guys, thank you for listening to the show. And if you do like the show, feel free to join Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Media Club. Um, and we have the awesome Slack room there. I've started to have people that take my training class too. So that thing's grown like gangbusters. That's an awesome bonus. Yes. Awesome. Like the amount of technical help you can get when you need it is amazing. Um, Seriously. Like this is, <laughs> some people say like, Oh, why did, why, why does Josh charge for this slack room? I would not like the slack room if it wasn't, if it wasn't a premium room, Yeah. like the feedback that you get, the noise that's not in there, that's in others. Uh, it's just like so valuable. I still to this day, I've, I always tell people and still to this day, I haven't come to a Slack room that has so much value. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it, it stays active and vibrant because people, I don't know, like there's this whole theory about when people pay for stuff, they care more about it. So I, uh, I, I've been part of like Slack rooms that have 3000 people and it's just like sometimes it's dead in there. Mm-hmm. There's 3000 people yes. that have accounts. I don't know. It's interesting. And then of course, you know, modulus.io, they made a big upgrade uh, to how they're building meteor apps. So that's uh, much improved. Mm -hmm. And uh, digital ocean, as always, if you're doing uh, stuff with node apps, like they have, and their article system is amazing. Amazing. Like I, I added a swap the other day to this 512 megabyte server and like they had a step-by-step article. I was just copy paste, copy paste. Wow. And that's like newer. That's like a newer technology, right? I just saw that on Twitter like what a week ago talking about swap. No, that's old technology, man. That, Hey man, I'm showing my DevOps right there. <laughs> that's like computer science stuff, right? Like when you run out of memory, it's the disk space on your hard drive that it stores temporary memory stuff. No, I know that. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about, about two different things. There's this library that they were showing off. I want to say it's like Swap.js or something like that. Or <laughs> Of course. Yes. Of course there is. Anywho. It's like there's an app for that. There's a JS library for that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And as always, tune in next week and we will have another great show for you. See you, Ben. Ciao. This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. That's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-J-O dot com.